when are you little monsters heading back <laughs> to school? Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 1111 minus two of the ones. So episode 111 of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me as always... The good time player man from Coshocton, Ohio, the Baron of branded barware, Dr. Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how the hell are you this fine day? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Just trying to uh, keep all the plates spinning, as I like to say. Just uh, keeping keeping things going here at HMC, um, you know, making moves in other areas. And so, yeah, I'm doing well. You? I'm doing great, doing fantastic. It's a beautiful day, and you know, you know, when I think of of, of plates spinning in the air, of course, the old uh, things from Ed Sullivan pop into my mind. You know, a guy running around madly trying to keep the plates spinning. But you know, there's a service in our industry that helps you keep those proverbial distributor plates spinning, Kirby. And do you know who those people might be? Who's that, Bill? Oh, Kirby, we are so happy to welcome back the original good goods, the good folks at Common Skew. Whoop whoop! Yeah, they are the fine. uh, sponsor of this platinum level broadcast and we've talked in the past about how the software is all about growing and supporting the entrepreneur in the industry right we know it's a platform that streamlines the entire workflow and keeps everything organized from presentation to invoice but they're also the industry's most vibrant community and they offer some outstanding educational resources and events Mm -hmm. to keep entrepreneurs connected and focused on growth and what i wanted to ask you kirby this is how connected they are we talked last week actually on the podcast before right. they were sponsoring that uh, uh, Catherine Graham and Mark Graham, the, the owners, the, the inventors, the originators, the CEO, the CFO, the CO, everything over there yeah, came to visit you in Coshocton. And one of the things you said to me was, I've been using CommonSQ for years, and Catherine opened my eyes to features I didn't even know were there. I want you to tell the audience what's the one feature that got you the most excited about what CommonSQ offers. One feature, actually, one. I, yeah, it, it, it's really difficult, but I would say that probably the new portals system is really, really interesting. It just opens up a lot of transparency uh, to your client. Yeah. And um, so I would say that's the one. I will say there's one feature that I had not been using that they've had for a long time because I'm an idiot. And it's a, it's just a simple check inventory feature. And uh, several of my sales team just looked at me like I had two heads when, you know, because what you do from a client perspective is you send uh, ideas ideas. And then when the client's like, hey, I love that idea. And you go, oh, it's out of stock. You can't have it. Mm -hmm. That's just a terrible customer experience. And that really solves that. And so there was just a bunch of things that I was just like blown away by. So it was a a great visit for sure. Well, that's awesome. And it just goes to show how connected they are and and more importantly, how invested they are in everybody's success. So we know people are interested. They're Mm -hmm. growing like by leaps and bounds. So if you're interested, why don't you go over to commonskew.com slash unscripted. Little intro video there. Find out how to get the free trial. Get on the platform. Try it for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Certainly don't take Kirby's word for it. <laughs> go experience it for yourself. And truly, I think, truly you'll see how it will change your business in all positive ways moving forward. I love it. I love it. All right. All right, Kirby. So are you ready to <laughs> broadcast at a... 
wax paper level today. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go balsa wood, but yeah, sure, wax paper. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and start because okay. I want to. Yeah. So you made an announcement last week uh, right. on on the line, as the kids would say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been well documented both uh, on this podcast, other content you do, and just, just you being you, that you are, you know, we talk about comments, you supporting the entrepreneurial spirit. When I think of entrepreneur, you are the person that comes to mind. You're a serial entrepreneur. You're always thinking about what's next. What can I do more of? What can I, you know, how can I do something different? And I love that about you. So about a year, two years ago, almost two years ago, you had the genesis of you wanted to start a brewery. Mm. And much like everything else you did, you took the idea and you made it real. And you started a brewery complete mm. with a tap room. Sure. I had the uh, privilege of visiting it in very early infancy. I had some of your earlier beers. Mm-hmm. And I saw as you were building out the tap room. And you made a very difficult decision last week. And I know it's been leading up, but you announced it last week, I should say, um, that you are closing the tap room. Mm-hmm. That uh, the community, and, and I don't, I'm going to paraphrase, so feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the community in Coshocton and could not support multiple tap rooms, sure. and that it was just not um, it was just not feasible to operate anymore. Sure. And um, there was a lot. You, you, men, you I remember you, you you posted online, and I remember, and I think I might have been the first one to say, "I loved your post." Everybody yeah. was sad. There were so many people who were sad <laughs> and feeling bad, and I and I wasn't. And I'll tell you why. And then I want you to talk about the process of, of deciding how to close that. But you 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 weren't. You're not closing the brewery. You're right. closing an aspect of the brewery that wasn't doing well. Right. And to me, that is such a wonderful thing to be present enough to make the decision that this isn't working, but I think this direction will. So walk walk everybody through. I mean, we've all lived vicariously through you um, <laughs> about this. So t- tell us about the decision coming up to it. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, anytime you make a decision like this, it's a, it's a difficult one, right? Because the reality is this has been... Um, you know, a very public uh, pronouncement, a very public uh, promotion of the brewery. And so it's very hard not to take it personal and not to view it as a very public failure. I mean, my my name is quite literally on it. Um, But as you said, you know, it's very important to kind of look at these things unemotionally as hard, as Uh incredibly hard as that is. And what it boils down to is the numbers just weren't there. I mean, it was, as I said, the, the, you know, what's the definition of insanity and it's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And so what, what the good news is, I think we spent the last year and a half learning to more consistently create a quality product. And the direction I want to go now, we couldn't have done a year and a half ago. We weren't ready. Um, and so what I'm trying to do, uh, you know, I'm trying to convince myself of this too, uh, but uh, what I'm trying to do is kind of look at this and go, look, we needed that last year to learn what we could do and what we couldn't do. Right. And the, the book, The Lean Startup, talks a lot about this, is the goal of an early startup, it, though everybody talks about the, mat- the metrics being profitability and sales, those are great, but... In reality, you're trying to prove a hypothesis that um, the market wants something. Mm-hmm. And what we learned was the market was interested in our beer, but not interested in our tap room. And um, you know, the, the concept is at some point you need to decide to pivot or persevere. And last week we made the decision to pivot. Now, look, man, there's about a million things on my to-do list to try and um, make that pivot. But um, 
it depends on my mood uh, during the day and during the week of whether or not I'm in a good mood about it because, you know, look, it's a frustration. Sure. But, um, but then as I look and go on, okay, but we are still going to be continuing. We're going to take a smaller footprint and hopefully set ourselves up for success. You know, I, I, I'm excited about that, and I'm excited about what we've learned in the, so far. Um, yeah. You know, we need to turn the the corner and then start to to make sure the business is paying for itself. And that makes total sense. And here was my perspective when yeah. when I, and of course you and I do talk off this offline of this sure. podcast, and and so you and I talked about this for weeks, and I knew it was coming and all that. But mm-hmm. and, and but when you when you made that announcement, my thought was that is not a failure. Um, that's a retreat in a regrouping, and that's very different than a surrender. Sure. And to, again, have that uh, presence of mind, have that self-awareness. And self-awareness can be much more than just personal self-awareness. It's Mm -hmm. self-awareness about something that you're emotionally invested in, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. having a brewery has been kind of a dream of yours for a long time, right? We like, you you like beer, I like beer. (laughs) And to be able to brew your own, you've been doing it on a home basis for a while, and then to scale that up to an actual business, it's phenomenal to take a piece of that business away that doesn't give you joy, that isn't right. profitable, that isn't just – it's just not going to be supported, right, at right, right now, um, and to pivot that into something else. Here was the analogy I drew in my own head. Apple introduced when uh, personal data assistants were all over the place. When the Palm Pilot was one of the most popular electronic devices, Apple introduced their version, which was called the Newton. Hmm. It was – way ahead of its time. It was a colossal failure. It almost bankrupted the company. But most of the features in that Newton are in your iPhone. Right. So out of that failure, and, and you and I have talked, when you and I do give talks in front of people, I know we talk about fuel, the necessary fuel for success is failure. Right. I don't look at what's happened at Hassaman Brewing as a failure, and I doubt anybody listening does. I I think, you know, I'll speak on behalf of an audience I haven't asked, okay? (laughs) I know you're always comfortable with that. I'm super comfortable with that. Uh, On on behalf of your your friends, your fans, and people who admire you, I have tremendous admiration for you pursuing a dream and being so public about it. And being public about every part of the process, it's it's humanizing, it's it's vulnerable, and it's awesome. And I can't root hard enough for this new direction for you as you look at private labeling beer yep. for your local area. I cannot root harder for you to experience all the success that goodness knows you deserve. So mm. good you. on good on you for again. And we both talk about this. Not only being, not only having the the, the uh, onions to take the journey and take the risk, <laughs> but having the extra onions to share that with everybody. I, I love that, and I know you and I both do that. So it, it's 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 very uh, it's fun for me to watch. I, my heart breaks a little bit when when you when it doesn't work out for you. We're all rooting for you, and so I'm proud of you, man. Proud of you. Thanks, bro. Thank you. I appreciate it. You bet. My turn. Yes, sir. Okay. So I was thinking about this. This is one of those, um, I always think about it when I'm driving in my car. So I've never remember to write it down. And so literally the other day I was driving with my wife and I had her take my phone and email me <laughs> with this topic because I've been meaning to bring it up. Okay. So I'm a Sirius and XM subscriber. And, okay. Um, 
So Kenny Chesney, No Shoes Radio, has a he has a channel. Channel uh, fifty seven, if memory serves me correctly. I, I believe you it's saved. So I don't I don't remember the number, but I will say that it's one of those where I was like immediately when he he um, came out with the channel, I like Kenny Chesney music. I actually also like the the mix of music that's played in addition, right? Mm-hmm. He'll play anything from Sammy Hagar to uh, Dave Matthews to um, just about anything. So Did you did you want to explore the Sammy Hagar that he plays? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> what I do think is interesting, though, is right away I was like, oh, this is cool because it allows people who like a certain style of music to kind of um, create a tribe, right? Like the No right. Shoes Nation, they call it, right? Uh, yeah. but, but wait, bear with me here. So then all of a sudden I started to notice, and this was pretty recent, Kenny is putting on a, a new tour. And of course, they start doing interviews from the tour. They start promoting the tour um, on there. And now he's got a new album coming out. And of course, about every other uh, interview starts talking about, he's actually giving behind the scenes mm-hmm. about where the inspiration came from for the songs. And so the other day, it occurs to me, I'm like, no, this is where media is leading us. Mm-hmm. That we, we live in a world where you and I have talked about everybody's a media company. Right. Well, whether as, you want to be or not. Yeah, whether you want to be or not. But this is actually an interesting evolution where, where if you're a Kenny Chesney, if you're a Will Smith, if you're a LeBron James, mm-hmm. Kenny Chesney doesn't need CNN. Kenny Chesney doesn't need NBC to promote his stuff. He's got no. his own media company that does it. And I think that's an – I don't know. It was just an interesting – evolution and i i'm sure it's happening in other places but this is a place where i saw it you know it's i love that you brought this up because i was listening to you um and i started thinking about where did this all start that's where my head went where did this all begin Mm -hmm. and i really think it's one of your favorite artists um it was uh, that would be jimmy buffett Mm, i think he kind of started that and then and then honest and you mentioned the other person who i think of it's sammy hagar Mm. so so jimmy buffett certainly started that whole lifestyle thing right Right. he is uh the beachcomber and i mean i don't know when he's put out new music it's been fairly recent but it's not going to gain the traction that his hits had and it never will and that's fine but he's made a whole living out of just kind of um being him being a lifestyle right and then see, I always look at Sammy Hagar as kind of the hard rock version of Jimmy Buffett. Okay. He, because, well, he started, he started the Cabo Wabo Cantina back when he was in Van Halen. Mm-hmm. And as part of that, he started the Cabo Wabo Tequila brand. First hard rock or her, first musician I'm aware of that started any sort of tangible business in the beverage industry outside of you know, music. Mm-hmm. And it was successful. He sold it for $100 million to Sky Spirits, people who own Sky Vodka. And then now you see people doing this all the time. Vince Neil has a tequila. Jimmy Buffett has a tequila after that <laughs> happened. He's got Margaritaville tequila. And those are the folks that really kind of get the fact that my audience is interested in far more than just music. There's right. a lifestyle that goes along with it. And, and the people who are interested in the music – you know, to go back to Kenny Chesney, they want to know more. They want to know behind the scenes. And I have a direct line to that group. Like you said, they don't need CNN. I don't need MSNBC. Right. My people live here, and right. I'm going to go where they live. And you and I talk about that all the time. You have to go where the people live. That's the first thing I, I, I ask people when they ask me is, well, where do I know where to post my content? And I don't, I don't answer the question. My first response is, or the question I ask them is, well, where's your target audience living? Right. Because that's where you go. 
whether yeah. you like the platform or not. Kenny Chesney may hate XM radio, <laughs> yeah. but he knows that's where his audience lives. Right. Yeah. And, it, you know, I think that's the part, the, the sort of the misnomer, I think, of content marketing is that you have to do this and you have to do that. At the end of the day, you're trying to build an audience. Yeah. You're trying to build attention. And mm-hmm. um, the, it was a very specific example. And I guarantee you, Kenny Chesney is selling a lot of albums um, just through his own radio channel. So I thought it was interesting. No question. No, I think it's great. And, and again, you find a way to get to, you know, other places. You know, when, and I go back to Sammy just because I'm a, I'm a big Sammy Hagar fan. He, he started diversifying about 10 years ago, and he used to show up on cooking shows all the time. Hmm. He'd wear Cabo Wabo shirts everywhere he went, whenever he was performing. Love it. And, and when he was on cooking shows, like he's big fr- friends with Emeril. So he'd be on Emeril show or, or Guy Fieri or Fieri. I can't ever pronounce that. <laughs> Fair You enough. get my point, and I think we can stop the Sammy Hagar love fest right now. <laughs> to Kirby. Yes. All right, so PPAI has uh, a, I don't know if it's a contest, but they have nominations open for um, customer service superheroes, and I thought mm. that was pretty interesting. And what I wanted to ask you, and basically what they're, they're looking for is customer service, people who go above and beyond uh, and perform exemplary customer service in their industry, even if they're not in a traditional customer service role, which I thought was really cool, kind of a yeah. nice little twist on that. So it really can be anybody that just provides service, whether that's really their job title or not, because really we're all in customer service, right? Just like we're all in sales. Right. What to you makes a customer service superhero? <laughs> um so I would say really it's one of those things where when I feel like a um, the person on the other end of the line, whether it's on a telephone, whether it's uh, through chat, whatever, when I feel like they're really identifying with my issue, right, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and trying to actually solve it as opposed to booting it down the line. Yeah. I think there's a ton of – we've all been there where – um, regardless of what organization, and candidly, I don't actually run into this very often in our industry, if I'm just being honest, but you know, in other places where you're like, you know, I, I just feel like this person is trying to get me off the phone so that they can get back to playing Fortnite or whatever. Um, I think that those moments are so, you feel so helpless yeah. that when somebody does really listen and go, oh, well, this is the thing I can do and I can solve your problem in this way. And even mm-hmm. if they can't, if they can really work to try and help me work yeah. to solve my problem. It, it, it really has to do with empathy, right? That That's... they are really listening to what I need and trying to help me get it. Give that boy from Kashakton a prize because I made a couple notes. And the, <laughs> the number one thing, the, the obvious one is listening, right? Right. And then that led to the word you just said, which was empathy. Mm-hmm. And then that led me to – and so you just explained that. I'm not going to be the redundant man of redundancy here. <laughs> but it's care, Right. And you can't teach care. Right. I can teach someone how to do the nuts and bolts of their job, but you can't teach care. And then I thought of one other thing about what I think really makes a customer service superhero. It's con- it's their continual focus on what they can do, not what mm. they can't do. Well, I like that. Nothing frustrates me more when I'm having a customer service issue or I need help, whether it's checking into a hotel, buying something at the supermarket, doing something online, whatever, I don't want to be told what they can't do. Right. The goal of what I want is defined. I want to check into the hotel. I want to acquire that piece of merchandise or whatever. Tell me how I can go about doing that. Don't tell me why you can't do it because here's the thing. In that moment, I don't care. 
Right. I, and, and we take that to a promotional products situation. I don't care why your inventory screen showed that there were 1,000 pieces, but in reality, there's only 250, and I need 750. Right. I, I don't care. Don't tell me, well, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. No. Tell me what you can do. Here's a substitution. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to eat this, the, the, the price difference because we're the ones who script. Tell people what you can do. And people who I think of as customer service superheroes, or as you would say, a customer service rock star, right. are the ones that continually focus on what can be done right. to help the, per- the person on the other end of the phone, not what can't be done. Yeah, they almost, I, I think people like that almost um, view it as a puzzle. Like they're, they're problem solvers, right? And so the, the, that goes back to what you just said, right? It's just about okay, that's a problem to be solved. How can we how can we solve it? Right. And, well, and that's I think they also view it as a privilege to do so. Right, right. That, that's a great that point. It, it's a privilege for me to help someone get what they want. You know, when when I first started in sales, people would say, "Oh, you're in sales," <laughs> you know, because it's like this. Oh, it's you're in sales. Like, oh, you couldn't couldn't cut it anywhere else. Huh? So you went, <laughs> went ahead and went to sales. I think sales is. Stick with me on this. Okay. Sales is the most noble profession in the history of ever. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Because people who are in sales and who do it right, the successful ones, have the heart of a servant and are in the business of helping people get what they want, get what they need, accomplish what uh, their goals. That's what salespeople, that's what real salespeople do. I don't sell people on things. I help people get what they want and achieve the results they desire, Period. No, I again. You're you're getting no argument from me on that. I think the best. Uh, I think I the first time I heard that said was Danny Rosen, where I heard the best salespeople are servants, and I remember going, "Yeah, the best ones are." And so, yeah, that makes yeah. a ton of sense. It's it's focusing on helping people, not uh, selling them. Totally, totally. All right, you got one more topic before we uh, jump into something you'll screw up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got one. So I I saw an article from Jeff Hayden recently. Um, you may know, but not everybody might. Jeff Hayden's one of the uh, LinkedIn influencer, one of the top read writers on Inc.com. And you and I have talked about this. I think one of the challenges with social media is there is the whole FOMO aspect of things, um, where um, though social media, the goal of it is to make us all feel more connected. Sometimes it makes us feel even more lonely, right? Sure. You, you, because we're comparing our lives. Um, I always say that it's you're comparing everybody's highlight reel to your behind the scenes, right? And I and I have used that line on multiple occasions. With giving credit to you every time, it's a great line. Cool. Well, but you know, I think it that. It, it can be a challenge, right? Sure. And so uh, Jeff wrote an article about the one social app that science says makes you happier, mm-hmm. which I, I – uh, so he had me, right? So I clicked on it, and the app is Strava. Strava. Yeah. Strava is a fitness app. Okay. And so it tracks your running, your biking, your swimming. Um, it, there's a lot of apps like this out there, and so my guess is – these other apps that are comparable probably have similar effects, right? Mm-hmm. So whether it's Runtastic or Map My Run or whatever those kind of apps are. But Strava, the concept is, is that it is a tracking. Um, it is showing what you're doing without any filter. Okay. Right. The time is the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Like so, if you ran an 11 minute mile, a six minute mile, a 12, whatever, it's it is what it is. The numbers don't lie. Right. And but. You're comparing, but you're comparing 
against work you've done. And mm-hmm. so even if you're doing uh, it slower than everybody else, you're, you're showing something that you're proud of work that you're doing. And, and, and it was one of those things where I was like, you know what? That is interesting. No Instagram mm-hmm. filters. No, hey, my wife's the best. Just here's the work I'm putting in. I, I, I wonder if there's a way to, to, to do that for social for do that for business it, it just got my wheels turning so i wanted yeah, your take on that i i don't know you know i i do believe everything is cyclical right? right and if you look at the history of the world every single thing is cyclical but what what's old is new again mm-hmm. and i do believe we will get off the way we are now on social media there's always going to be the narcissism aspect to it and how kick-ass everything is <laughs> but i do think as generations shift and mm-hmm. they always do i think there's going to be some clamoring for more just i want real i, I don't need the fluff mm-hmm. i don't need the filter i don't need any of that i just you know i'm, I'm interested in you i want to know what's going on but just just tell me what's going on i right. so you know you and i've joked on this podcast before i would love to create a facebook that's real you know, real. I think I've called it real book. I don't, I'm sure somebody owns the URL for that. But, <laughs> you know, I'd like. I like to see. I'd, it'd be interesting to see that as right. opposed to the highlight reel. You know, hey, had a fight again with my spouse about taking out the trash. It's not only my job. You know, stuff <laughs> like that. Or you know, one of my favorite things I've ever seen. You know, everybody's got wonderful children. I have wonderful children. Kirby, you have wonderful children, but we've talked uh, in par- privately and publicly sometimes that children are challenging. It, sure. It's a difficult, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do is raise children. And about two years ago, I was driving on the highway here in Nashville, and someone had written in old school shoe polish on the back of a minivan. Remember how I used to decorate cars yeah. in white shoe polish? It says, I am the mother of great children who can occasionally be assholes. And I thought <laughs> that was about the funniest thing I've ever seen because it's true, right? Yeah. And, and so I, I think we, if, so back to your point about Strava, I think we're at a point or we're starting to get close to that tipping point of just real, just yeah. real. Because here's the thing. We all identify with the struggle. Not every, everybody identifies with the glory at yeah. the end. Yeah, I tell you what, it was funny. This past Father's Day was a, it was a moment that I kind of was a, as you said, a tipping point for me. My wife actually said, um, "Kirby, I apologize, but I'm not going to post on that you, you know about you yeah. on Facebook this year because I, literally everyone on Facebook has the best father in the history of ever." Yeah, and I just want to go. Really? Then why is therapy so high? Right. <laughs> yeah. Or, or why do so many kids hate their parents? Yes. Right. I mean, so. I agree with you. I, I have, I've been really struggling with social lately, and I, I'd really like to scale back. There's certain things I'll do, like you know the pumpkin spice stuff and all that. But hell, I don't even have to do that anymore. Everybody else does that for me. Right. But I agree. It's like okay, everybody's had the best Christmas ever. Everybody's <laughs> family's the best ever. Everybody's got you know. I, I get it. We all get it. Everybody's got a kick-ass life except for me. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> cool man. But you, but you know who is pretty kick-ass, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? Oh, Kirby, I'm so glad you asked. That would be the good people at Vault Promotions, Josh Robin and Robbins and his team here in Nashville. We've talked a lot about them over the last few weeks and really talked about the story. And, and today I just want to touch very quickly on the experience because we all know that badges can be a more involved uh, purchasing experience than simply slapping a logo on a product, right? Because there's right. a lot more personalization involved. 
Vault knows this too, obviously. My gosh, I'd hope they'd know it. Um, <laughs> they know it as well as distributors, and they know that distributors generally avoid selling badges due to the perceived time involved, right? So their goal is to be the easiest supplier that anyone does, does business with. And I love that goal. What a great goal. We want right. to be the easiest supplier, not just the easiest badge supplier. We want to be the easiest supplier anyone does business with. So once you as Mr. or Mrs. Distributor identifies an interested end user, all you need to do is get Vault involved and they'll handle all the time consuming and frankly, kind of frustrating small details that badges bring to the table. So once that order is finalized and placed, each distributor gets a dedicated rep who handles every aspect of the order. You don't have to talk to Earl about production. You don't have to talk to Elizabeth in customer service. You don't have to talk to Charlie in shipping. No, you get one rep who lives and breathes that order with you. And I love that single point of contact. You know how much I do. And I think as a distributor, you do as well. Right. Absolutely. So Kirby, I'm going to speak for you here. We are so sure that once you do business with Vault, you will not only use them moving forward, you're going to use them forever. Forever, 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 because they are offering, to get you started, they're going to offer EQP on that first order. So go ahead and visit vaultpromos.com slash unscripted. Get the details. You're not going to be sorry you did. Nope. Awesome Kirby, stuff. Kirby, uh, you ready to start a rousing round of fill in the blank? Let's do it, my friend. Let's go. All right. So uh, believe it or not, all the football training camps and all that stuff is starting. So I want to ask you a very important question. Yes, sir. The best quarterback of all time is? I'm going to say Tom Brady. Um, And it pains me to do that. (laughs) And Joel Moore right now is sitting in his office chuckling as I say that because he knows how much it hurts me. Um, You know, it's one of those things. There's about five guys who are in the top five. And I struggle with who's number one. But... Hard to argue with sustained greatness, and for a guy who just recently turned 41 and is still the best quarterback in the league, yeah, he's he's the only real constant besides Bill Belichick on those Patriots team that have won five or six Super Bowls. I think you have to go Tom Brady. Yeah, um, no, no argument. And then I think in second is uh, Dak Prescott. Okay, <laughs> so Kirby. <laughs> Yes. The only food you could eat every single day for the rest of your life is mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. potatoes yeah. No, actually, there's, there's, it feels like I eat pizza nearly every day, but I, I just love it. Like you joke about it. Like every time you're asking me, hey, a great dinner for Christmas, a great dinner for Thanksgiving, mashed potatoes and noodles. It's just, it, that's my favorite food. It's, I guess I'm, you know. You do love your spuds. You do love your spuds. Yeah, I do. I do. So that's it. Hey, it's back to school time. Hey, you know what, Kirby, it is. When the kids go back to school, the feeling you get is? Meh. 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 It used to be when I worked from home. Okay, so when are you guys starting school again? It's four (laughs) weeks from today, right? And I want to make sure we have this all planned out and scripted. Yeah. Now that I don't work out of the house... I don't care. Right. Um, I mean, I for, for me, honestly, I wish their summer was longer for them. Right. But when I worked out of the house, it was, when are you little monsters heading back <laughs> to school? <laughs> no, and, that's the, fair. And, and this is the first year in a long time where I've had that feeling of, eh, all right. Because yeah. they actually start school tomorrow. Yeah, I thought it was pretty soon, yeah. 
Yeah, so I to me, I feel bad that their summer has drawn to a, a, a swift conclusion, but it doesn't impact me one way or the other. Fair enough. Kirby, social media has completely changed the way Hossman Marketing does blank. The social media has completely changed the way Hossman Marketing really communicates to clients. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, the reality is, you know, we still utilize traditional ways. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we still use email. We still go hand to hand. And frankly, you know, one of the things I was talking about on a podcast recently is sometimes we need to get back to basics. Mm-hmm. But prospecting, uh, communication to clients, um, you know, obviously, you know, I've ramped up uh, content from a blog perspective. And so, yep. um, yeah, I would say that, you know, going to market, we social media changed the way that we kind of position ourselves in that way. So sure. for sure. Okay. No, I like that. I like that a lot. And that was uh, Roger Burnett's So You're in Sales podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. And that was fun. That and was I know Roger awesome. Roger likes when we mention his name. So. <laughs> Very much. He does. <laughs> Hi, Roger. <laughs> so uh, when you need a break, the place you go to escape is? Well, that's a good question. Uh, the gym. When I need a break, uh, I, I find that that solitude of just music in my ears, focused on doing whatever I'm doing, whether it's lifting weights or on the treadmill or whatever, that's my escape. I really enjoy that. I, or, you know what, actually, scratch that. Let's pretend I didn't say that at <laughs> okay. all. Actually, but well, that was my first. that was my first response, so I guess that's the real one. It's really my backyard. There are a few things I find more serenity in then when I'm barbecuing out back and it's a Saturday or Sunday afternoon and I'm, I'm, I'm just enjoying being outside. No, you know, maybe a little music or something like that, but just enjoying being, enjoying existing with, with very little distraction. I love it. Cool. Kirby, if you could snap your fingers right now and be CEO of any company in our industry besides yours, you would be the CEO of blank. Wow, that's a um, that is a question I've never given any thought to. Um, I would say Origadio. Okay, I'm sure uh, Jason. I'm sure Jason Lucash is now circulating his resume. <laughs> no, I actually not because I would want to replace Jason Lucash, but because I, I would because I would like to work with Jason Lucash. Yeah. Like I think him and Mike do an amazing job, um, just of kind of reimagining reimagining and innovating in our industry the other one that popped into my head is sort of for the same reason was was snugs right working with brandon and his team Mm -hmm. those are those are two places that when you say could you if you could work with them on a regular basis and i you know whether i'm ceo or janitor i think i'd become smarter uh no question and if i can jump we usually don't respond go back and forth on these but i'm going to on this one i when i was consulting back at brand debate um i had the privilege and i really mean privilege of working very closely with mike and jason for almost two years and i will tell you um i learned more in that two years than i think at any other point in my career and uh, they, they 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 are the people you would really want to do. And I love that answer. And I've never worked for Brandon or with Brandon over at Snugs, but I would Mm. absolutely think put him in the same category. So I I think your answer is perfect. Sweet. All right. You want me to give you one more or no? Yeah, I do. So the place that you keep your to-do list is? In my head. (laughs) Wow. And and I know that's stupid. Um, (laughs) 
but I it alternates between in my head and emails I send to myself and a piece of paper on my desk. Okay. Um, I'd love to tell you I'm a little more organized than that, and sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm super organized, and I have a to-do list, and I do what you're supposed to do or what the man tells you to do, which is make a list the night before of the things you want to accomplish the next day. Um, I'm not great at doing that consistently, so it's something I need to work on. Cool. Kirby, the one habit you desperately want to kick before the end of the year is blank. Um, the one habit I want to, you know, I, I don't, I think I, I don't know if this is the right answer, but I would say that I need to do a better job of listening. I think that, I guess the habit would be kind of living in my own head and mm-hmm. making the universe uh, sort of uh, spin around me. I think that uh, entrepreneurs can sometimes be myopic like that. And I don't always take the time to be a very good listener. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, that's something I've given a lot of thought here lately to whether it's employees, whether it's family, whatever. I need to do a better job of that. Awesome. Do you have one more or no? If I don't. don't okay. That was my four. Sorry. I have one more that I'm ready for, and I'm, gonna, I'm just throwing it out there. Just, you okay. get a bonus one. Okay. Kirby, if you live to be 100, you will never fully understand blank. Uh, female foot fashion. Wow. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was a hard target specific answer <laughs> yeah explain no, please oh well i mean you know that's one of those things where um women uh, wear uh shoes on a regular basis that i think look like torture devices and they will explain in great detail about a why they need that specific shoe and b why they need lots of them that look a lot the same to me i, do, I just don't understand anything about women's female fo- and, and i i am in a house full of women mm-hmm. and i don't understand them at all i i'm much more of a, a a function guy when it comes to footwear well let me tell you something here screwball um <laughs> I understand the women's footwear because I love footwear too, and I am not a woman. I love footwear. <laughs> I, I, as you know, it's very well documented. I take two suitcases to PPAI Expo, one for clothes, one for shoes, and I make no apologies for that. Yeah. I am about to leave for NALC, the North American Leadership Conference, this week. I haven't given one iota of thought about my clothing, <laughs> but I, but I have several pair of shoes already laid out. Wow, that's very impressive. I say with a question mark. Oh, I, I, I think we understood the <laughs> upturn in your voice. Okay, Kirby, are you ready for rapid fire? I, who knows? Well, <laughs> it's very funny. You know, it's, it's sometimes funny how in sync you and I can be because we talked earlier about Kenny Chesney, which led to a discussion about Jimmy Buffett. Okay. These are all Jimmy Buffett themed. Yes. All right. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Gypsies in the palace or nobody from nowhere? Uh, gypsies in the palace. Come Monday or one particular harbor? One particular harbor. Bama Breeze or Fins? Fins. Volcano or Pencil Thin Mustache? Volcano. That was the right answer, by the way. Okay. <laughs> a Pirate Looks at 40 or Son of a Son of a Sailor? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, son of a Son of a Sailor. Boat Drinks or Why Don't We Get Drunk? And Screw. <laughs> boat Drinks. Changes in Latitudes, Changes in Attitudes or Come Monday? Changes in Latitudes. Cheeseburger in Paradise or He Went to Paris? He Went to Paris. Margaritaville or Margaritaville? <laughs> Margaritaville, for Kirby, sure. Kirby, that's two weeks in a row you've done this yes! properly. I, I, on behalf of our listening audience, 
on behalf of Harvey Mackler, we are proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I know it. there are so many people proud of you. And you know what else I'm proud of, Kirby? What's that, Bill? Is our continued affiliation with the good goods at Common Skew. Um, it's always fun, and we've been fortunate. Every sponsor of this podcast, uh, not only do they provide a great product or service, they're also friends. And so it's it's really great to work with people you, you not only admire, but you also like. And I think that's the one thing I always think of Comiskew. They care so deeply about the success of your distributor business, not just you, Kirby, but everybody's. And they are willing to go the extra mile and help you do that. So if you want to learn more about their great platform in hell, why wouldn't you? Go to CommonSkew.com slash unscripted. You won't be sorry you did, Kirby. As always, this is a highlight of my week. I enjoyed speaking with you, and I hope you have a great, uh, great day. You too, bud. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at PromoCorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.